This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Start with some breaking news. Metro Vancouver bus and C-Bus workers are officially on strike. Talks remain stalled in the ongoing transit strike and the province says it will not intervene. This is day 12 of the job this action. This is day 13 of job action by unionized workers. Well, the transit strike is now into the second week. This is day 19. This is day 25. Day 26 of the job action by 5,000 workers at the Coast Mountain Bus Company. And of course, this is day 27 of the transit strike, but at a half hour after midnight, that tentative deal averted the full-scale strike that people had been so afraid of that would have happened by bus drivers, C-bus operators, and mechanics at the Coast Mountain Bus Company. So we know it didn't happen, and that is good news for a lot of people out there, but now there's lots of questions about, well, how did they manage to get this done? Now, Unifor isn't releasing any details of the deal until its members hold ratification meetings, but we wanted to get a bit of a scene setter about what went on last night. Was there something, how did the dam break, essentially? Joining us now is Gavin McGarrigal, the Western Regional Director of Unifor. Gavin, thanks for being with us. Yeah, hi, Sammy. I understand you've probably only had a couple of hours sleep at this point. Yeah, I think about four hours. Uh, we reached the deal uh, around 12.30 last night, uh, but uh, both teams spent a couple of hours making sure that we finalized the details of the memorandum of agreement, and I think we finally signed it off around uh, quarter after five this morning. And how are you feeling about the deal right now? Well, I'm feeling um, I'm feeling uh, relieved on behalf of our members and, uh, and the passengers that we serve that we reached a tentative agreement. We always said direct uh, negotiations uh, when both parties were serious was the way to, to get it done. And of course, it'll be up to our members to decide. Uh, but our our team is um, unanimously recommending the deal, and, and we feel good that uh, you know we've uh, we've taken significant steps to address the issues that our members sent us to deal with. Now, what changed on all of this? Like when yesterday, going back to the table, it was pretty clear there was a different mood in the air. There was seemed like a lot more determination to get a deal done. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we were uh, determined to get a deal done. I mean, we know that the public uh, had sent in thousands of messages of support. We know that the student societies had reached out to us. We know that our picket captains were getting ready for uh, strike action. Uh, we know that uh, our national president was in the room. It was very clear uh, that uh, we were determined to reach a deal. And, uh, you know, so this was the 11th hour. This was the time to make the moves that were necessary. And, uh, you know, it was hard work, uh, but we're pleased to manage to, to break through and get it done. Was there give and take? There's always give and take in negotiations. Um, the, key, the key at the end of the day for us is making sure that, you know, whatever whatever uh, moves we're making will gain the support of our elected bargaining committee and ultimately our membership. So, um, you know, there's certainly uh, always movement. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we have to make sure that that we can gain the support of our membership on any agreement. And what does this tell us, do you think, Gavin, as well, about the state of transit in our region? Because it's clear there was a lot of panic at the idea of just a, of a three-day shutdown. Well, that's what we've been saying all along is that the transit system is so important. I mean, our members deal with the public every day. Uh, they deal with, uh, with the passengers. They know what they're going through. We've been a strong advocate of transit expansion precisely because we know uh, how important it is. And so, you know, but at the end of the day, workers have a constitutional right to collectively bargain and to strike. And, 
you know, we certainly appreciate uh, the provincial government uh, taking that hands-off approach because that's ultimately what puts the pressure on both parties to reach a deal. Uh, you know, the B.C. Liberals simply wanted to uh, take away our rights and rip up contracts, which was their sorry legacy for the past 16 years, and, and that's not going to get it done. At the end of the day, uh, hard bargaining is hard bargaining, and, and there's a reason why it's set up the way it is. So, it's a very important system. We knew that. The employer knew that. And we knew that, uh, you know, we had to work very hard uh, on behalf of, you know, our members for, from our side and, of course, the public uh, to make sure that, that we rolled up our sleeves and got it done. Free collective bargaining works. And um, I think well, this is living proof of that. Uh, how long? Can you tell us how long the deal is, the duration? No, Simi, I'm sorry, I can't discuss any details. Our members have the right to see see those details first right. before we discuss them in the media. Yeah. Okay, and what's the timeline for ratification then? Showing it to them, when, them will, when will that vote happen? Uh, really, we're looking around for venues uh, right now and, uh, you know, to determine uh, when we can do that. But I expect it will probably be in the next uh, week or 10 days or so. We're just, uh, I think people are just getting some rest this morning and... Um, and then we'll, you know, that'll be our next step is to move to secure a venue and then figure out a date that our members can vote on this. All right. And then until that time, then everything is back to normal? Yes, we uh, gave instructions to our members to return to work as best they could this morning. Uh, you know, because of the timings, it was difficult for some, but uh, back to wearing the uniforms, no maintenance ban, no overtime ban, uh, back to business as usual. And, and then our members will decide uh, whether or not they support the agreement. Um, and, uh, you know, that's their right. And, you know, all the people in the room who were there, I mean, of course, Jerry and I were there, but ultimately uh, we have elected bargaining committees that are elected by the membership. And ultimately they're the ones that, that make the decision. So, um, you know, we have to make sure that we're, we're responding to what our members tell us is important. All right. Listen, thank you very much for your time. Get some sleep. All right. Thanks, Simi. That's Gavin McGarrigal, the Western Regional Director of Unifor, telling us what he can at this point of how things went last night. Tentative deal reached about 12.30 last night, so just about half hour past that deadline. Uh, they did extend that because they were making progress at that point. But as you also heard Gavin McGarrigal say, by the time they finished signing everything, getting the legal language done, he was there until about 5 this morning. So, yeah, busy day. We don't know what's in the deal, but they will be taking it to their members for that ratification vote. And that will happen, as he said, in the next week to 10 days. But, you know, the mood was definitely different. I mean, even 24 hours ago, as we were sitting here talking to you, we definitely had that sense, right? We were talking about that, that the kind of heavy hitters were in town there. They had the head of Unifor, Jerry Diaz, was there. Kevin Desmond, the CEO of TransLink, was also there. And it was kind of do or die time. We want to get a sense, though, of what the the mood was also like. Like, what did we see from the outside looking in? So joining us now is Global News senior reporter Janet Brown, who was camped out there all day yesterday. Hi, Janet. Hi, Simi. Uh, yes, Mr. McGarrigal sounded very tired, yeah. and there's a lot of tired reporters today as well, uh, sitting around the hotel, uh, you know, waiting to report on the latest movement. And as you say, yeah, it's very interesting to watch these talks unfold uh, from a distance. You know, we have the union in one room, we have Coast Mountain, the company, in another room, and then they hunker down, they talk among themselves, they get their proposals, counter-proposals together, and then they all leave as a group to march into one common meeting room to discuss those ideas, proposals, etc. And then they go back to their room to discuss it in private. 
And uh, yesterday, it started out at 11.30 in the morning with the union having a media availability. And, um, you know, they brought out the big guns. They had Jerry Diaz there, the Unifor Union National President. He was brought into the talks yesterday, and he addressed the media yesterday. And, you know, he wasn't sounding very optimistic yesterday morning, Simi, as you say. He said, uh, quote, negotiations around wages are presenting a significant challenge. And he said uh, they were making some headway, but they were far from, quote, there. So clearly they had a long ways to go yesterday morning. And he said the differences right now are significant. So clearly they made a lot of progress during the day. And then something else interesting happened at the noon hour, which I found very unusual, very rare. Uh, TransLink CEO Kevin Desmond and again Mr. Diaz met together face to face. And it was a, it was a short meeting. And uh, Mr. Desmond came out of that meeting to talk to reporters at about 1230. He really didn't say very much. He said uh, that they, quote, we had a good initial conversation. So, you know, I took that as positive. At least it wasn't negative. And then away they went. And the negotiations started at 2 p.m. But at 2 p.m., they were hunkered down in their rooms. There was really not a lot of movement going on till mm. around 4 o'clock. So clearly they were discussing among themselves in their separate rooms, the union and the company, I, I, I suppose, what they were going to present to each other. But then, you know, after 4 o'clock, things seemed to pick up. There was a lot of walking back and forth in the hallway uh, between these various rooms. So clearly things were starting to progress. That was my, that was my read on things. Yeah. And, you know, another thing as a reporter, we, we don't only talk to people, but we, we read body language, just like everybody does out there, right? Yeah. And, you know, facial expressions and that sort of thing. And, you know, I was looking at these uh, union folks and they were kind of rolling their eyes and, you know, nodding their head back and forth. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if things are going that well. You just try to get a feel for it as a reporter, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just didn't have a really good feeling, to tell you the truth. When I was leaving the talks at 5 o'clock and before another reporter came in to relieve me, I just honestly did not have a good feeling at 5 o'clock. However, uh, that being said, I knew that as long as they were still in that hotel and still meeting face-to-face, there was a chance that we could get a tentative agreement. That's always a good thing when they're still meeting. And... um so, yeah. yeah, I was really happy to hear that they were still meeting last night. And, and, and then that's when my hope started to pick up. Well, they're still meeting and it's 1130 at night. Yeah. And I really couldn't put down my phone and, and stop watching Twitter because I was just waiting uh, to hear what was happening. So I knew at 1130 last night when they were still talking, they were working really hard to try and get a deal because both sides knew that they had a lot to lose if they didn't get a deal last night. Because w- when the two sides in any round of bargaining negotiations can't get a deal they risk the chance of a mediator being appointed that's right and when a mediator mediator steps into labor talks neither side wins and they both knew that that they didn't want a mediator coming in so they knew it was up to them to get a deal done and the other problem is both sides were afraid to to lose the support of the public too because no buses for three days no sea so. buses the union knew that that was going to really be bad for the traveling public and and it could backfire on them too so there was a whole lot at stake yesterday and i was so happy to wake up this morning and and find out that a tentative deal had been done simi uh, for everybody's sake in in this the, so true the, the workers the company and the traveling public so true janet thank you so much for your time today
My pleasure. Thank you, Simi. That is Global News senior reporter Janet Brown. You know, she's absolutely right on this in that it is you, the general public, that made the difference in getting this dispute done.